Hi everybody, welcome back. This is episode 38.5, bonus episode, just one B. With Beth taking the reins. I am, and you might be sorry about that, because it's kind of a rough story to listen to. Okay. This story is from last year, but we now have resolution in the trial, which just finished in September, and so I wanted to comprehensively tell her story. Okay. Daisy Jade Paulson was born December the 8th, 2006 in Sulzbach, Germany to her parents Robert Paulson and Antonia Johnson. The family moved to the U.S. and she grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. She had her own unique style and even though her name was Daisy Jade, she went by Jupiter. And so I will call her Jupiter because that was what her preference was. Okay. She had an older brother, two sisters, and a little brother who was only two years old. She loved being around all of her siblings, but had a special place in her heart for her baby brother and was always willing to help out with him. She was sweet, kind, loving, careful, and playful, but she was also strong-willed and was not a quitter. She collected people who didn't have anyone and let them know they were loved and she would be their family. She could crack up a room with her wit and she could cheer people up just by her presence. She was artistic and she could paint and draw. She was musical, she loved to sing, she played viola, and she taught herself to play the guitar. She would walk into a room and if her mom seemed out of sorts, she would keep saying, mom, 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 mommy, mom, until Antonia would look up at her. And as soon as she did look up, Jupiter would flash a smile at her and say, I love you. At 14, having just finished middle school at Cheney School in West Fargo, she was getting ready to start high school in the fall. Jupiter was always helpful and responsible and had just started a summer job working at Arby's where she was training as a cashier. On the night of Thursday, June 3rd, 2021, her father Robert talked with Jupiter before she went to sleep. She had big plans for her very first paycheck that she had just gotten. She was planning to take her sister out for dinner the following evening. On Friday morning, June 4th, 2021, she was skateboarding at 7 a.m. from her father's house to her mother's house after which she was going to head into her job at Arby's. She was passing by a strip mall, specifically a party city store, when a man, who was walking in the area, suddenly sprang on her and unleashed a vicious attack upon her. Parts of the attack were caught on the store surveillance video. This horrific assault lasted between 20 and 25 minutes. The assault ended when a sanitation worker who happened to be driving in the area noticed the two. The small teenager collapsed on the ground and an adult man standing over her. He was leaning down and had a hand on the front of her neck as if he was strangling her, and his other hand appeared to be squeezing her nostrils closed. What the hell? The sanitation worker jumped out, ran to her while he was calling 911, and performed CPR on Jupiter while the suspect fled the scene, taking with him Jupiter's phone, backpack, and wallet. The man ran a half a mile to a Walmart store, went inside, and began grabbing clothing. Store security surveillance caught him on camera grabbing a whole outfit of new clothes, entering the changing room, and then exiting the changing room wearing the new clean clothes, and leaving his blood-soaked outfit and shoes behind in the changing room. He then left the Walmart without paying for the clothing. Police canvassing the area for witnesses to the attack were told that a shirtless man in black pants had been seen at the Walmart, so they went there to get whatever information that they could. Using still images from the Walmart security cameras that were then broadcast, a man matching the attacker's description was later found in downtown Fargo, and at that point he was identified as 23-year-old Arthur Prince Cawley. When he was being arrested, the officer read him the charges, including robbery and attempted murder. 
His response to the charges was, attempted murder as if she's alive? Or what? What does attempted murder mean? He was found to have fresh cuts on his hands, but he also said he had no memory of the attack, saying only that he was walking in the area, which seems fishy now based on his response to the charge of attempted murder. Yeah. He also claimed to suffer from anxiety, depression, and multiple personality disorder, which everyone knows is now more accurately called dissociative identity disorder. But he admitted to having used meth the day before the attack and denied that it had played any role, even though he said he had not slept since using the drug. So his story was all over the place. (laughs) Jupiter was taken to Sanford Hospital in critical condition. She had been strangled, severely beaten, and she had been stabbed 25 times. Her family arrived to be there with her, and they kept speaking to her so that she'd know that she wasn't alone. After undergoing surgery for the stab wounds and other injuries, she was declared to be stable from the neck down. She couldn't squeeze her hand on command, but she had moved her toes, so the family maintained hope that she would recover. But the damage to her brain from oxygen deprivation after being strangled was severe, and as her condition worsened, her chances of recovery plummeted. Three days went by with her devastated family waiting for news. They had started an online fundraiser to pay for her hospital bills, and on Monday, June 8th, her father posted an update with the news. We just got word from the doctor today that our baby girl is too far gone and there isn't anything they can do, just to gather family and to say our goodbyes. The family made the decision to donate Jupiter's organs, and her mother publicly stated that it means the world to me that part of her is going to be out in the world saving lives and to be able to share that with somebody. To be able to help somebody, she would have loved that. She would have wanted it, so her wishes are my wishes. Two days later, her viable organs were harvested for transplant, and she was removed from life support. Sanford Hospital respectfully raised their organ donation flag to honor her as a donor. Her eyes couldn't be saved because they were needed as evidence of her strangulation trauma. Her heart couldn't be saved because of the physical trauma to it from the attack. But in the end, both of Jupiter's lungs, her pancreas, her liver both kidneys, her skin, and her bone marrow were all donated, saving the lives of many people. Jupiter's family expressed gratitude to the sanitation worker who performed CPR, since without his efforts, her organs are unlikely to have been viable by the time she reached the hospital, Mm -hmm. but also because he kept her alive long enough for them to have a chance to spend time with her before she died. Collie, who was initially charged with attempted murder, robbery, and aggravated assault was held in lieu of $1 million cash-only bail, and he was on probation from a 2017 conviction after assaulting a correctional officer. His charges were then escalated to include murder after the teenager's death. In July 2021, Cawley was charged with simple assault on a peace officer for allegedly attacking a Cass County deputy while being held at the Cass County Jail for Jupiter's murder. In August 2021, a sealed order was signed for Arthur Cawley to undergo a competency and criminal responsibility evaluation. The evaluation was to be completed at the North Dakota State Hospital in Jamestown, North Dakota, but no date was released. I didn't find any result from that evaluation, but it seems as if he was found competent because he ultimately was brought to trial in September of this year. So you said that he had previously been diagnosed with DID, right? No, they said he claimed that he... Oh, so he self-diagnosed or whatever. (laughs) There's a little more information, but there's not enough to really know what the actual situation was with his mental health. Okay, I gotcha. So let's keep going, and then if you have more questions, we can talk about it again. Okay. Jury selection began on September 6th, 2022. On the last day of witness testimony, 
Collie's sister testified that she had seen him one or two days before this unprovoked random attack on Jupiter. She said that he had seemed to be struggling with paranoia or some other mental health issue and that it seemed to be getting worse over time. During his trial, testimony was given that he had seen a counselor days before the attack. And I didn't write this in here, but apparently he was staying at an intake center of some kind because he was a homeless man. Okay. Staying at some sort of a facility that was helping him. So one of these counselors prior to this attack had ordered further evaluation of him because he felt that Coley showed signs of unspecified psychosis. I gotcha. But no further evaluation had taken place and then Jupiter's attack happened. On Thursday, September 15th, 2022, Jurors deliberated for only two hours before finding that Arthur Colley was guilty on all counts. Ryan Youngren, Assistant Cass County State's Attorney, made a statement to KVRR Local News saying, There was a lot of evidence that was very strong in this case, but there's also a very difficult emotional pull in a case like this. We saw for the last couple of weeks us talking a lot about mental health, talked about drug use, those kinds of things, and how they interplay with the criminal justice system. Wes Desjardins was the jury foreman and made statements after the guilty verdict. He said, It came down to not guilty due to lack of criminal responsibility, or guilty. Obviously, something's not right here, but does it rise to the level of the guy had no idea what he was doing? They didn't have a psychologist or a psychiatrist who evaluated him to say, yeah, this individual has a serious mental health problem. That was the missing piece from the defense as far as I was concerned, and I think a few other people. I think justice was served, said Desjardins. Yeah, agreed. Arthur Colley has not been sentenced, but when he is sentenced in late 2022 or early 2023, he faces a maximum of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Jupiter's family held two memorials, a funeral for only family and friends, and then also a large public memorial. She was cremated, and her family honored her wishes and traveled together to scatter her ashes in California's Bay Area. Just skateboarding to her mom's house. Just a nice summer day. Excited to go to her job. And some random guy just appears out of nowhere and just demolished her. I mean, there's got to be something there. Even if it's not what he's claiming. There's got to be something where the meth did something. Even if he was just angry about something else that day, you know, and took it out on her. There's something happening. That was another thing that he said. He also said in his interview that he had problems controlling his anger. But I think that lack of impulse control goes hand in hand with mental illness. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand why either the prosecution or the defense would not have ordered a psych evaluation of him during this trial. Yeah. Because, yes, this amazing young woman, she was just an awesome kid. And she's gone forever. And nobody bothered to find out if this man was mentally ill. No, it doesn't bring her back. But at least it gives you some sense of it's not just about him being an evil person who wanted a backpack. Right. Uh, Yeah, agreed. And then you don't want to punish somebody just for something they can't control either. It's not like there's maybe a possibility of him being... Yeah, I don't don't know exactly what you're trying to say, but I just... I have such mixed feelings about cases like this. And we've had several of them. Do you think it is because it's like maybe they just don't think about it being a possibility or maybe they don't have the people to step forward and advocate for the criminal to say we need this? I think that the people from the facility that he was staying at 
uh-huh. tried to advocate for him by testifying that a few days ahead of time, they had their doubts about mm-hmm. his stability and saying he had some undiagnosed or unspecific psychosis that they thought needed to be looked further into. Right. But on the other hand, if you think that, couldn't you do that quickly? Well, Get him under. Not. They probably have limited funds to get somebody in there to do it. And it's not like the person who says, oh, that guy seems unstable, has probably the qualifications to go ahead and just perform it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, so he's a counselor. He's not a psychiatrist. Right. He's, he's saying something is probably wrong here, but he's not qualified to do it himself. Right. He's not going to, like, take him with his hands behind his back and, okay, we need to look through your brain real fast. You know, <laughs> like, he's probably got to call somebody and there's a system that's probably a little bit broken, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm so heartbroken for her family because she sounds so amazing. Yeah. But I also don't think that it was super widely publicized. Yeah. I I had heard of her case, but I had not heard of a resolution to her case. It just makes me sad. Yeah. It just makes me sad. And I think the world is a little less of a good place without her in it because she sounds amazing. For sure. And that's all I have because that's all I can muster today. So this is probably the end of episode 38.5. Okay. (laughs) And as far as that goes, some stories just don't have any happy ending. I mean, it is a happy ending that she saved a lot of people's lives. They were able to donate so many of her organs. And that's the only positive to this is that there are probably 8 to 10 people alive today that wouldn't be without her yeah and maybe he'll end up getting help we'll see the resolution i'm sure yeah i do hope that he's undergoing evaluations now and if he needs mental health care that he gets it Mm -hmm. but at this point his life is already looking like life in prison unless he's able to appeal based on his mental health evaluation so guys We hit you hard on Tuesday because that's what we always do when we have a bonus episode. It's almost never an uplifting story, but as always, we will be back on Friday for our regularly scheduled awful and then good episode. That's right. So So there is hope at the end of the week, something that will save the day. Which I don't remember if we did or not on this episode coming up. And we also wanted to say thank you to all of our new countries that have been popping up on our listen map. Mm -hmm. We are unbelievably up to 74 countries now. Yep. I can't even believe that. How many continents? We just have six everywhere except Antarctica. Antarctica. Okay, cool. So if you know anybody in Antarctica. (laughs) Yeah, on a little expedition or whatever. (laughs) That's right. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TrueCrimeBnB. You can always email us at TrueCrimeBnBpod at gmail.com. We are happy you're here. We're sorry to bring you down, but Jupiter matters and we want people to remember her. Yeah. We'll see you on Friday. See you Friday, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Like on our feet. Yes, we have paw sharps. I am not taking the claim for the cat's poop in the bathtub. Paw sharps, don't bother me. Is that even a song? I don't even know what you're doing. Yikes. Thanks, cat. Nope. I think this is like a Mandela effect. Like, that was totally a song, but maybe I just made it up. Puss doesn't even need to be drunk. She just sober poops in the bathtub. It'll come to me at like four in the morning tonight. <laughs> and I'll just be like, Mom, I got it. <coughs> Sorry. We broke the rules. She did purr louder when you said that. I know. <laughs>